Cool 97 Radio. Radio. Singles live on the nation's coolest, Cool 97 FM. Tonight we have a big topic to discuss and Dr. Milton Hardy, OBGYN, is back with us. Thank you so much for joining us. Requested by popular demand. Really? Yes, I must say the last program that we had um, was well received, well received. I think it's even yesterday um, someone requested um, the podcast to see if it was still up. Um, one of those um, programs that I must say um, was well received and I'm thinking that tonight is going to be another awesome one. Tonight we'll be talking about menopause. Dre don't know anything. Dre has absolutely no idea. But Dre is like a little sponge. He's yes, going to be absorbing. Yes, and it yes. is important um, that not only women listen to this program, but as we move along in the discussion with, with, with Dr. Hardy, you'll realize why men need to also understand um, menopause. Well, so, thank you for your generous introduction. Uh, first of all, let me say good evening to Anne and DJ Dre yes, and sir. the listeners yes yes and I'm happy to be back and I thank you so much for taking the time out to uh, join us inside Singles Live we want to welcome all our friends and family joining us via the World Wide Web they join us from near and far and we don't want to leave out the thousands of individuals who say to us on a daily basis that, hey, we're here listening via the good old radio. So we want to say hi to those persons who are listening on the radio. Remember, you can send me your text. The text line number is 8327879. Or during the break, you can give me a quick call on 978-7388. So let me start by asking, what is the definition of menopause okay and the definition for menopause is simply the last menstrual period plus one year in other words a year has to elapse after the last period for you to be considered menopausal anything happening after that becomes postmenopausal and it might have implications for your current and future health but we will allow that to develop as the program develops. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, let us look at um, some of the historical perspective of, 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 of menopause. Well, the historical um, perspective of menopause interestingly begins during embryologic development. For example, at 20 weeks pregnancy, you're not born yet, you have about six to eight million eggs. That's the female offspring, of course. By the time you're born, you have one and a half to two million eggs. And um, by the time you get to puberty, you have 300 to 400,000 eggs. 
Um, so in other words, it, it's, it's a diminishing mm-hmm. situation mm-hmm. by the time you get into the perimenopausal area. And this is a time when your fertility has waned. Um, you probably only have 25,000 eggs. And by the time you get to a thousand or less, you are more or less menopausal. Uh, why this thing about eggs? Well, remember now that the menopause, at the menopause you lose your female hormones and you also lose your eggs. So you're no longer able to become pregnant. And basically this is the life cycle uh, of the woman because after that she goes on to the now last one third of her life because with the increase in your life expectancy you now find that the menopause takes up about one third of a woman's life so it's a very big piece of time mm-hmm. and it's very important that we pay strict attention to this and this goes for not only the women but as the men as um, Anna had said earlier because of that mentioned before any problem that is peculiar to your woman affects you it does it does another big question for you as we absorb everything that you're saying so we start to lose our eggs by the time we are born and it does diminishes yes with time yes. with time yes. nothing we can do about it it's a natural occurrence it's a natural, process. natural process so what are some of the natural causes um, or, or should I say let me let me put it this way what are some of the causes of menopause all right um, menopause thankfully is a natural process mm-hmm However, there are certain situations which might accelerate this process. Um, It might be surgical, for example, a lady having her ovaries removed at surgery while she is still um, in the premenopausal stage would, would immediately become menopausal. Other people may lose their ovarian function because that's what you not being menopausal is your ovaries are functioning Um, it could be due to radiation Mm -hmm. radiation from say cancer treatments Um, some people may get exposed to radiation accidentally or from the use of radiation to treat certain things like keloid skin sometimes they yes sometimes they may need some radiation from the um, having been sent by the plastic surgeon or any other physician for that matter to have your keloids radiated Mm, mm -hmm. radiation in that neighborhood every now and then will knock off a couple ovaries Mm -hmm. Um, you could also um, as we had mentioned we had mentioned chemotherapy no we haven't chemotherapy in in cancer patients can also cause um, the menopause to occur and um, you could also get a pharmacological um, menopause using the medications that we would use to treat conditions like endometriosis another another topic so we're we're coming back yes we're coming back yes yes (laughs) 
Yes. Um, uh, this, though, is usually temporary. Once the drug is no longer um, exhibited, the symptoms of the menopause will also go. go. Of course, you might have catastrophic events occurring. Thankfully, this is rare. In fact, I've never seen these conditions to happen. But you, in the bad old days when blood transfusions were not readily available, some patients with postpartum hemorrhage, that is hemorrhage after childbirth, could develop what we call Sheehan syndrome, where the pituitary gland, which is situated in the brain, but which directs the traffic going to all our hormonal entities, could get knocked off, mm-hmm. and you would immediately become menopausal, among other things, because all your, your hormonal systems would fail. And I guess even more catastrophic would be the rare event of your ovaries undergoing torsion. That is the ovaries twisting on its stalk, killing the blood supply bilaterally. That is on both sides. But this is extremely rare. I've never seen it. But this certainly is a possibility for a catastrophic event, event. Mm-hmm. Le- leading to the menopause. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, signs, no. Pe- can you explain to me, because I've heard this term before, and I want you to break it down so that all of us can fully understand. What is perimenopause? All right. Very, very good question. Uh, the perimenopause is the period preceding the menopause. So, so in other words, it, it's a prelude to the menopause. So you will find that the... I, I don't want to use the word patients, you know, because being perimenopausal doesn't make you a patient. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it certainly keeps you a woman. <laughs> uh, it's the period leading up to the menopause. So you may begin to experience some of the menopausal symptoms. For example, you might have the hot flushes, the menstrual irregularities. You may have the mood swings. You may have the problems with your cognitive functions. Not thinking straight. Not thinking straight, not calculating things right. That sort of thing. You become forgetful, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And, and, and usually, uh, perimo- perimenopausal age, wh- when, when, when is that? This varies, you know. It could vary anywhere from, anywhere from 39 to 51, but um, on an average, about 46. <laughs> Dre, Dre, you look up a while ago, don't. No, I was, <laughs> no, was going to ask the question, um, what does you know, perimene, but you know, I googled it, so don't worry. Around, okay. around, yeah, around, yeah, near, near. Yeah. yes, yes. So you're saying around. So I was just trying to figure out why I use the term peri versus pre, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's interchangeable. It's just that peri is the term that is used. Okay. Got you. Okay, so let me see what is happening with our friends over inside Mixelar. They're chit-chatting there. Thank you guys so much. I see Marcy B. Um, Fresh Fluffy Diva, I know that Maxi911 is there. Hi Ian, how are you? Thank you so much for joining us again inside Singles Live. So Doc is saying that between 39 and 51, 
around that, around around that, that time, time. Around that time. Would, would time. Be the perimenopausal time. Okay. Okay. So Dre, you got that? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's let's move along. Signs and symptoms. Yes. Pen and paper, people. Let us start writing down. Mm-hmm. All right. The the commonest symptom that one would experience during the the perimenopausal time going up to the menopause would be your hot flushes. That is, you may break down into profuse sweating and begin to feel hot, even in a very cold space. Um, You may even feel hot in a cold place. Uh, Mm -hmm. You would sweat. And the sweating could be profuse, so profuse that you have to get up and change your bed clothes several times for the night which means that your sleep is being interrupted now once sleep goes off it triggers off all manner of problems mm-hmm. in terms of your well-being but of course there are the other things that may happen you might have the physical issues for example in terms of the genitalia that is your sex organs, you may begin to have vaginal dryness. Um, you may get thinning of the vaginal mucosa, thinning of the vulva. vulva. Um, you, may, you may find that you could bleed from the walls of the vagina, plus or minus sex or instrumentation. Mm-hmm. That's because it's a thin. Because, because it's so thin? It has gotten thin, that okay. is correct you become more prone to infection, even from the bacteria that normally lives in the vagina. And they're not necessarily there as squatters. In fact, mm-hmm. they're not. They are actually there to maintain the they whole balance, balance of, right. na- of nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And any disturbance in one aspect of your, uh, of your homeostatic space, you can get problems. Mm-hmm. Anything else in terms of signs and symptoms? You may develop bladder issues. But before we get on to the bladder issues, having all of this problem with the vagina, you're not going to have problems with intercourse. So you could get painful intercourse. Mm -hmm. You could get bleeding with intercourse. You could get more trauma with intercourse. Yeah, so you have to be gentle. Sometimes that doesn't even help. That and breathing? (laughs) Uh, you may have urinary symptoms, so you might have more frequency of urination. You could even be more prone to getting a urinary tract infection as a consequence of this. You could develop weakening of your pelvic supports. Y- your your um, pelvic organs are held in the pelvis by various ligaments. Childbearing usually causes the first insult and by the time you get the withdrawal of your female hormones they certainly become even weaker so you become more prone to prolapse Prolapse, or or body come down as the people would Mm -hmm. say Mm -hmm. Uh, and the body does come down and what one has to remember is that your womb coming down does not come down in unison when the womb comes down Everybody comes with it. Boy. So the bladder comes with it. Mm-hmm. The rectum comes with it. Hence, you now begin to having symptoms 
from these structures. So you might, for example, start to spill urine when you cough or laugh, that sort of thing. Even though that is called stress incontinence, but you find that the same patients have the same situation. You might have more frequency of urination, primarily because you can't empty the bladder. Because, because of the prolapse, the level of the urine falls below the level of the outlet. And for water to climb a hill, you have need to pump, pump it. <laughs> I was just mm -hmm. going to say, you need a pump, right? <laughs> yes. The same thing happens on the, other, on the other side. So you could be more prone to constipation and all that sort of thing. So you do get um, symptoms from these other areas. Mm -hmm. But in general, you have... Um, other changes that takes place in your body, your hair might get thinner, your vision might get less acute, and this is because of um, the changes which take place. Part of it is the aging process, um, so you, you don't see as well as you used to. You can't hear as well as you used to, even though you can now afford to buy expensive stereo equipment. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's why I'm in the studio because I'm certainly intoxicated by the sound. <laughs> and the women are going to say that only happens to the men, but let's move on. <laughs> so you're saying that we start to, uh, there, one of the signs and symptoms is that we may find a difference in our ability to hear things clearly. I'm not going, yes, yes, let me put it like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, Lord, I'm learning. I'm learning so much. Let me see if we have any questions on the World Wide Web. Um, Shea48 says she gets very emotional and will cry for nothing. Yes, that is a feature which occurs in some ladies they do get very emotional. Sometimes they are, sometimes they can't come up with a reason. Mm -hmm. Some women though, because of the advancing age, they tend to have problems with self-esteem. They, all of a sudden they realize that they are no longer young. And it does play a number on different people's psyche. It does. Another question for you, let me, Shay also says, um, no, Marcia B says, so true, my hair is very dry and can never grow back to its natural length. Um, Marcia B is asking a question. She says, Dr. Hardy, does Kegel exercises assist with the bladder incontinence? Very, very good comment and question. Yes, the Kegels exercises um, do help with the bladder function. And maybe I should explain what are the Kegel exercises. Yes, yes. Um, well, in, in, in other jurisdictions, I know you could go to a pharmacy and buy Kegel balls, mm -hmm. uh, which are essentially weights, you know, of different sizes and, and weights, um, which would be appropriate 
for insertion in the vagina mm -hmm. and you basically would contract the vaginal muscles mm -hmm. you could decide how many sets you want to do each day with or without the balls and in fact it's an exercise you could do without anybody even knowing mm -hmm. by practicing to contract the vaginal muscles this will in turn assist in the sphincteric the sphincter tone of the bladder Mm -hmm. And sometimes it will give some relief in, in some patients with, um, who have urinary symptoms as a consequence of the um, menopause. Mm -hmm. I guess you could buy them at sex stores. You know, you could actually find them there. Yeah, well, for those persons, we can just, wherever we're comfortable, then we can do those exercises. Yes. There was a question that I... They're chatting so much that it is running away. Mar um, I think it was Maxine. Let me see what Maxine was saying. Um, AJ, she says, AJ, in a discussion with some former classmates, one person said she was on contraceptive last year up to March. She stopped taking it in April, and since then she has no period. She she's married with one child, but her husband wants another child. She is 51. Her question is, can she still get pregnant? Not if she's in the menopause. Um, certainly, this could be ascertained by doing some blood blood testing mm -hmm. to look at her um, hormones to see if she's uh, menopausal because some patients having been on the contraceptive pills for a while sometimes it takes a long time for the periods to return however she being 51 years old any number can play it, which, which would include her being possibly menopausal right Something that you had mentioned um, in our last um, conversation during the topic um, fibroids is that women who tend to stay on the pill for an extended period of time, because sometimes around maybe the age of between 35 and 38, you, you, it is suggested that you gradually come off certain um, types of the, the, the pills because of the hormone level and go down to a low dose. Um, but if you're on the pill, especially the low dose pill, Doc, and you take it until you're 49 and, and 50, um, how do you know that you are not in menopause? You don't. You don't. And so therefore, when you stop taking the pill... You have to wait and see. You have to wait and see. Yeah. All right. I just wanted to confirm that because yes. I know you mentioned that yes. when we were talking about fibroids the last time. So, Maxine, hmm, hear what Doc says. Friend has to wait and I, see. I, I, well, because she's 51, I, I wouldn't really hang around. What I would encourage her to do is to go and see her OBGYN mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. for him to order some hormonal testing, which I'm sure he would know what to do. Okay. Or she. Or she. One has to be politically <laughs> right, you know? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Let me see if there's any question before we take the break. Okay, yeah. Fresh off the diva saying, and any number two, it depends on the type of contraceptive you are on. 
Right. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue with our conversation inside Singles Live. Dr. Milton Hardy is with us tonight. And we will continue our conversation right after the break. Singers live on the Nation School Est, Go 97 FM. I want to say a good night to all those persons who are listening by the good old radio. Uh, let me see what is happening on my phone. Hi, Donna. How are you doing? She says, interesting topic. Another text that came in, or should I say WhatsApp says, Hey Anne, my cousin is 53 years old and still have an active period. She started her period at age 16. Is there any correlation with you starting your periods early or late um, correlated to the time that you go into menopause? Very good question. Um, and the answer is a big fat no. Mm-hmm. There is um, no correlation between the time you started your menses, that's the menarche. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, there's no correlation to the number of children you might have had, whether you, you had used hormonal contraception or fertility drugs. Probably the only indicator that might give a clue as to the age of your menopause occurring is probably the age of menopause in your mother or other first degree relative women, <laughs> women in your family. I'm going to I, I'm, I'm, I'm smiling at that one because I am not it depends also on some of the things that your mother did that you didn't do um, and I'm going to say this because my mom smoked for a very long time and then years after she was talking about oh she's going into menopause perimenopause early menopause or whatever it was and i'm thinking that maybe her lifestyle at that time would have contributed to her um going into early menopause yes smoking is a risk factor okay. for early menopause okay okay i i i, I I know that she's probably not listening, but I just wanted to get that one in. Yes. <laughs> so, um, ladies, if you're listening, lifestyle, especially smoking, um, does contribute to you going into um, early menopause. Um, is there any more questions before we, before we move along? Ah, let me ask this one before we get back to the trail of um, topics that we have to cover. Um, does every woman go through hot flashes? I, I am curious. I want to know that because I am not particularly liking the fact that um, Dr. Hardy said you, you can't sleep the bed wet. You wake up and you change clothes. The place cold, cold and you're still hot. I cannot fathom that. 
So tell me no, not every woman. <laughs> no, not, not, not every woman will um, undergo hot flashes. In fact, um, the statistics goes like this. Uh, 85% of all women will have some degree of hot flashes um, for at least the first two years of the menopause. Um, by the time you get to age 60, um, about 30% will still have hot flashes. And by the time you get to age 70, about 9-10% of women will still have menopause, hot flashes. Um, surgical menopause is very interesting because it doesn't seem to go away. So if you lose your ovaries um, as a consequence of surgery, it probably doesn't go away. It stay with you until? Stay with you until. Until. Okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah, a lot of women are somewhat fearful of hot flashes. Um, let us look at the effects of menopause. How does this affect our lives? It, it affects our lives in, um, in many ways, you know, because, I mean, you have the psychosocial issues, you have the physical issues. Mm-hmm. All right, let, me, let me deal with the physical first. Um, so, the menopause, you are more prone to getting what we call osteoporosis. This is softening or weakening or a brittling of the bone mm-hmm. as a result of your lack of estrogens causing calcium to be deposited in your bones as efficiently as it used to be. So you're more prone to things like fractures, like you just should not fall if you're menopausal. You could break bones in your forearm or fracture your hip bone. Just like that. Just, just like just that. Just like that. Yes. Um, Heart dis- cardiovascular diseases. Prior to the menopause, men would have the larger amount of heart attacks. By the time you get to menopause, your female hormones no longer protect you. And the situation levels off itself. The incidence of heart attacks in women now equalize those in men. You know, so these are some of the things that could occur just because of the menopause. Of course, you have the other issues, the psychological problems. You're no, not, you're no longer as young as you used to be, and some people have a problem with that. Um, you probably think you're no longer attractive or desirable, which is not necessarily true at all. And do you tend to put on, let me just ask this question, do you tend to um, retain more body weight during this time? That (laughs) won't seem to disappear. Another very interesting um, comment you have made, because it it can't be seen in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. Um, Menopausal women, yes, they do gain more weight, but... Is this because of the menopause or is this because of other factors affecting your life or your lifestyle mm-hmm. at this age? Mm-hmm. So yes, more, more menopausal women will be overweight. 
But yeah. is this because of the menopause? Or because of or because of other fa- combination, of combination of both psychological factors. and, 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 physical, and physical factors. Yes, so it's a com- could be a combination yeah. of both. Yeah. Yes. And of course your your metabolism might have slowed down. You are more prone now to things like high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol levels, arthritis, which would limit your activities. So all of these factors come into play. So it, it is difficult to say that the menopause is a cause of this, but certainly there is an association with the menopause and all of the above. Conditions, because we're putting everything into perspective now. So we look at the effects of menopause. Is there, are there conditions of menopause? Again, a very good question. Um, there are conditions associated with the menopause. Uh, conditions that you might see in the menopausal lady, for example. If you bleed after the menopause, then it's called postmenopausal bleeding. And certainly, any patient who presents with postmenopausal bleeding, and this is bleeding after you have completed your year of no period, has to be investigated. Because happily, most of these patients don't have a cancer, but you need to rule out who does and who doesn't mm-hmm. up front. Mm-hmm. And, every time, and every time it happens. You're having postmenopausal bleeding this year and having it two years' time. You still have to investigate the patient yes. fully again. Mm-hmm. But as I said, thankfully, most patients with postmenopausal bleeding, for example, don't have a cancer. But you can't just necessarily look at the patient and decide who is who. You still have to investigate. You have to investigate all of them. Mm-hmm. True. Just hold that thought before. Let me let me do this. Dre, hold, hold, hold it, hold it. No, 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 let me just do this. And of course, this talk segment is brought to you by Evergo Garden Center. When you want it to grow, call the pro. They are the experts located at 12 South Avenue in Kingston. Let them help you master your home gardening skills and nurture beautiful, healthy plants. Remember, it's the perfect way to de-stress while you mold that gift of the green thumb and encourage the love of nature in your family. One more question and we move. Can having children by natural birth as against a C-section affect your menopause cycle? Um, I'm not quite clear as to what um, the listener might have asked, but um, how I would interpret that is that um, certainly having had natural birth you would be more prone to developing prolapse um, as you age. Mm-hmm. Um, it could still happen e- even after a cesarean section, but as I said, probably less likely because you, you certainly would not have been subjected to the stresses of pushing and um, stretching the ligaments. But um, I'm not really sure where that l- listener is going mm-hmm. because those people will also have their hot flashes mm-hmm. and everything else that could occur with the menopause. Yes. Dre, you wanted to ask a question? Yeah. 
I just wanted to ask what were some other conditions? Because you, you, you mentioned post-bleeding. Postmenopausal yeah, bleeding, so yes. I was asking if there are other conditions apart from that. Well, you have your osteoporosis, as, as you had mentioned. Um, you have your prolapse. Big part of the menopause, probably less, less common here, that is, in a black population mm-hmm. than in a Caucasian population. Um, the pelvic supports seems to be a little stronger in black people. Yeah. So the incidence of prolapse is actually less mm. in, in our population. Good. So we don't have to be meshing anything. That seems to be less of a, an issue here mm-hmm. than there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. Complications. You're doing a lot of sign over there. Yes. So I found something comforting a while ago, and we're going to move along. Big question for you and our listeners. Ears open up right now. Complications associated with menopause. Well, as we mentioned before, you know, they, um, we, we're basically riding the same, the same um, line of thought. So you have your increased incidence of your fractures, your fracturing the neck of the femur, that's the hip, that's the hip bone mm-hmm. fracture. Um, you could fracture bones in the forearm, so try don't fall down. Um, but you remember now, you know, because of the osteoporosis, you actually get a shrinking of the person. So you get shorter. You get shorter. Because the spinal bones tend to bend. You have a sort of hunchback effect. The intervertebral discs, the discs between your backbone, they get narrow, just like your shock absorbers in the car, they wear down. Mm-hmm. Yes, so you tend to be more prone to this sort of thing and these deformities. Um, we had mentioned before the increased risk of you getting cardiovascular diseases as you get older. Um, you are more prone to things like diabetes, um, high cholesterol. And it's not necessarily because you are menopausal, but these conditions occur during the menopausal time. Mm-hmm. So, so the same person with these conditions is usually in the menopause. Mm-hmm. So it, it probably is not fair to say that the menopause might cause all of these things. It certainly, right. it certainly has a strong association with some of them. Yeah, so lifestyle changes is, 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 is important. Um, even before um, we go into peri and menopause. Question. Yeah, I love this one. Sexuality and menopause. Because some women um, feel that once they get to the menopausal age, then sex is no longer enjoyable. They, I think they, they, there's a, there's a fairer um, and also, um, it is not only physical, but also, as you mentioned before, psychological. They don't feel appealing anymore um, with the, you mentioned earlier, the dryness of the vagina. So th- there's, a, there's this little fair factor as to what is going to happen, how am I going to feel? Um, but let us look at 
sexuality and menopause. Very good, very good segue. Um, sexuality, of course, is a big part of our lives. Mm-hmm. It, it, it rules our existence. Um, we, we need to remember, too, that sex might be recreational, relationship, or it might be procreational. And we, we need to identify sex along these lines. Um, what one has to remember is that the impact of the menopause on a particular lady will vary. There are some, for example, who will have an increase in their sex drive. Mm-hmm. I've heard that. Some whom, in whom it remains the same. And some where it has taken a dive. You dare say pause. Men at pause. <laughs> no, no man run here. <laughs> men, men on pause. Yes. <laughs> so, and um, interestingly though, you know, they, um, because even though what I have told you about the ovaries stop working in the true sense, they really don't stop working, but they turn down really low. Mm-hmm. So they can actually make hormones, but they make male hormones, not female hormones. So you may find, for example, that some women may have a growth of facial hair, they might have hair on the chest, they might get deepening of the voice, that sort of thing. Now, interestingly, the male hormones, as all hormones will, they will have different effects on different people. And sometimes these same male hormones are what are responsible for the increase in your sex drive. Because it is the man in you which wants sex, you know, not... Uh, I don't know if you know that. <laughs> <laughs> See, um, Dre, we're learning something new tonight. No, you know, the this, man... Yeah, but this just sounds wrong. And I don't have to be politically correct. It is true. I don't like how it sounds, though. <laughs> yeah, because it's that, 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 that testosterone, it's that dry... And, uh, well, not necessarily testosterone, testosterone. but certainly androgenic uh, hormones. Okay, okay. Right? Uh, now, one has to bear in mind that there is a, a great similarity in the biochemistry of your f- male and female hormones. So even your ovaries will make male hormones. So, and this sometimes has the impact of heightening the sex drive in some patients. Some people, it's probably just psychological mm-hmm. because there are others in whom the sex drive goes down. So it certainly couldn't be the only reason, you know. But I'm sure it, I'm sure it plays a role on some. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you never know. You never know. You never know. Anything else? Remind me of the question. Yeah, we were talking about sexuality, sexuality yes. and how menopause affects your sexuality. Yes. Um, and yes, and uh, as we had mentioned, it, it, it could go in any direction. Uh, of course, um, you have the whole issue of the vaginal dryness. dryness. Um, the, so you're more prone to pains with intercourse. The orgasms might not be as intense as they used to be, but there's less contraction um, of the uterus and the vagina. 
And this, of course, is linked to, to, to the withdrawal of your female hormones. Mm -hmm. But in some people, it probably doesn't, doesn't matter at all. So I guess it's par for the course. It depends on you. Um, regarding dryness of the vagina mm -hmm. at, at that particular time, mm -hmm. are there any um, treatment for that in terms of creams and yes. to apply? Yes, in fact, um, I think all ladies as they ascend the 40s should have lubricants in their night table because the vagina starts so getting getting dry from the time. That tree? <laughs> I just wanted your attention. Certainly, you have lubricating gels, and these are readily available over the counter at most pharmacies. Um, there are also hormonal creams, which one might apply. You could even have hormone replacement therapy, where the individual may actually ingest um, hormones. Who is qualified, though, to go on um, hormone replacement, HRT? Replace HRT? Um, well, certainly patients who are medically suitable and who have moderate to severe um, menopausal symptoms, especially those that are regarded as affecting your sexual function, i.e. Dry, vaginal dryness, that sort of thing. Is there, a, is there a time frame on an age limit that you can actually um, stay on such? That's a very good question. Um, the, the rule of thumb about hormone replacement is that it should be done for the smallest dose for the shortest time. But there's a problem. If the patient, if the patient is helped by the hormones... They're not going to want to stop taking it. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So, you know, but, but that's the maxim. Smallest dose for the shortest possible time. Because that too can have some side effects. But nobody has put a number on shortest possible. <laughs> okay, okay. We'll get you another short break to let you know that this talk segment is brought to you by Evergrow Garden Center. Remember, as Jamaicans, we must continue our efforts to grow what we eat and eat what we grow. And Evergrow is the ultimate one-stop shop where you get everything for your farming, gardening, and growing needs. You can call them up at 876-906-9916 or 876-906-9160 for details. Let me see what is happening inside the Mixelar chat room. AJ, can you ask my question about men going who go who go through men? Maxine, please retype that question for me. I guess I missed something in terms of the conversation that all you ladies are having um, inside the Mixelar chat room. Men who go through menopause. Can you ask my question about men who go through menopause? So what is it? Women menopause? Well, um... It is called andropause. Yes, it is called the andropause. Hold on, um, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? It's called the andropause. All right, let's yeah. hear about it. <laughs> Tonight is not your no, night. Hold on, hold on. Let's hear about that one. Just, just give me a summary. Well, 
unlike um, the female menopause where there is a cessation of menstruation, there is no such um, occurrence in the male. However, there are changes, behavioral and otherwise, where men are affected. Uh, for example, the testosterone levels uh, fall significantly between ages 40 and 55. And by the time you get to 80, the levels are pre-pubertal. That's how low it gets. And um, unlike the female in whom you can give hormone replacement, there's no such thing in the male because hormone replacement in the male sets you up for prostate cancer. So uh, it's not something that um, we would recommend at all. So we're still on the topic of um, treatment, and we, we, we you mentioned or we mentioned um, hormone replacement therapy. Is there anything else? Well, remember now, treatments uh, basically begin. Um, from symptomatic relief. Mm -hmm. uh, they might not necessarily be directly associated with menopause, but you may, for example, a lady who is depressed or who might be anxious may be treated with drugs which are antidepressant drugs or anxiolytic drugs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? There is even um, the role for counseling. If you are dealing with menopausal patients, you must also have a working knowledge of natural products because there's a large segment of the population who move along that direction. True, true. Um, as to whether you are in agreement with them or not is another matter, but you, you do need to have a working knowledge of your black cohosh and that sort of things, your soy, soy product. Your soy product, yes. yes. So you are advised to try soy at that time. And why so is that um, soy products tend to be linked with um, natural estrogen. Yes. Um, in, in fact, the world is actually getting more estrogenic, you know, because there's more estrogen in the soil than it used to be. Yeah. I don't think it's all that a good thing, but that's what it is. Mm -hmm. But it's okay at the menopausal stage, but you don't want to too much of it. In yeah, we're not, and I, 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 we're not even too sure how well it might help. But mm -hmm. it's certainly one of the one of the um, parameters that are being bandied about, mm -hmm. and in fact is being used. Yeah, another 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 um, product that I hear about quite often is evening primrose. Yes, that's very popular, mm -hmm. and quite that. a few people will use it. Um, well, my thing is that if it's if it's not causing any harm, I guess there is no reason why you probably can't try it if you feel like. Yeah, try it. nothing. Yes, it's natural, so you can try it. Natural though doesn't necessarily mean harmless. You know. No, that's, that, that, that's true. That's something we must always yes. remember. Yes, 
So it's always best to speak to your healthcare provider as to what it is that you're doing outside of what he has um, recommended for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good stuff. And sometimes um, what a lot of persons do um, is they go and they gather all different sorts of herbs and stuff. That is dangerous. Yes, and the combination without having the proper guidance. Recipe for cirrhosis. Yes, yes. I am very fearful of of that. And that is why I'm I'm, I'm guided by what I I consume, um, even if it's considered to be natural. Um, because of the effects that it may have on your liver. So please, people, be guided um, by, by, by such actions. Don't go say, oh, my God, I'm in a state. I want to fix this, and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to blend this, blend that, drink this, drink that. No, please um, be guided. Um, any other treatments as we go along? Well, we mentioned um, counseling. We mentioned um non-pharmacological um, products. There are pharmacological um, products as well. Um, not, I've not seen it locally, but I've seen abroad where they even use aerosol sprays on the skin uh, to deliver hormones. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the advantages, of course, in avoiding the um, swallowing your, your medications is that you bypass the liver. So maybe there might be a role for these medications. Mm-hmm. Some people might um, take it intranasally, you know. But again, we're still on hormonal replacement. However, there are medications that are in use for people who, for whatever reason or by desire, do not use hormone replacements. So you have your drugs like your um, Evista. These are... Um, estrogen receptor stimulators you have your bisphosphonates these are other drugs that can be used they're non-hormonal which are used in some some patients who desire some um, therapeutic um, applications okay. drugs that is mm-hmm. I saw something that I wanted to ask because I've never heard of that before where is it um i'm looking slow down inside the mixlr chat room slow down the chat <laughs> there's something that i saw that i wanted to ask something about bio where was it um let me see if i can find that somebody had asked something about some bio something um, the chat room is chatting away and I don't see where that went I wanted to ask because I've never heard of that before um, let me see if I can just scroll no I'm not seeing I'm not seeing that if persons can or the person who um, typed that Oh, here we go. The sole men, um, man that I'm seeing inside the Mixlr chat room is asking, AJ, what about bioidentical hormones? What is that, Doc? I've never... I'm not sure what he's referring to. And I would um, 
I would encourage I would encourage him to elaborate on that. Yes, Ian. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I've never heard of that before, so I am absolutely curious as to as to what that is. Um, Maxine, I will coordinate something with Dr. Hardy to see if we can find um, another doctor to deal with that. Maxine is saying, can you have a topic on prostate cancer? Um, uh, th that would be the... The male gynecologist. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we will. We will work on that for you. Yes, we will work on that. So we are. Cov we are still covering um, treatments. So we're looking at the treatments. Treatments continue, Doc. Yes. What, what we must remember, though, you know, is that um, treatments would treatments for patients in this stage of their lives would also involve the treatments of other conditions which might be affecting them. Uh, no, nothing is in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. So one has to treat whatever condition might be arising. For example, if your cholesterols are bad, then you're going to have a higher incidence of coronary heart disease, which you need to treat because the, the, the menopause certainly doesn't um, help that situation. For example, COVID. Now, the menopause will not make you more prone to COVID or dying from COVID, but because you're in the menopause, you're at an age where you have all of these other comorbidities, mm -hmm. which now makes you more more susceptible to COVID-19. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So, it's an orchestra, and all of the instruments have to play very well. Hold that thought. We are going to take a break, the final break in this talk segment. Singles Live on the Nation School at School 97 FM reminding you that this talk segment is brought to you by Evergrow Garden Center. When you want it to grow, call the pro. Remember, their friendly staff is ready to help you with everything you need for your home gardening, your farm. You can also get your ceramic pots, fertilizers, seedlings, irrigation systems, greenhouse structures, and so much more. You can like them on their and Facebook and Instagram pages at Evergo Garden Center. And, of course, you need to stay tuned for more talk segments courtesy of Evergo Garden Center. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to be wrapping things up with Dr. Milton Hardy. We'll be right back. Singles Live on the Nation School Est. Big topic tonight. We're talking about menopause. Dr. Milton Hardy, OBGYN, is with us. And uh, before we took the break, we were looking at treatments of the symptoms of menopause. Let us look at some of the natural ways in which we can, well, may not alleviate, but uh, minimize some of the symptoms of menopause? Well, in general, um, what we have to remember 
and this goes for any medical condition. We must pay attention to our diet, our weight control. Uh, people who are within 20%, for example, of their natural, of their normal body weight, will reduce their risk for a cardiac event by 55%. So th those are very um, compelling statistics. Um, of course, the menopause, smoking, smoking, most other things don't go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. So if you're a smoker, your menopause could be very traumatic. Very much so. Among other things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so eat right, exercise, among all of the other things that we may choose to do. And um, we certainly will traverse most of our difficulties. The future for menopausal women. Well, what does the future hold for us? I'm not going to say the future is bright, but... Um, Gosh, you couldn't <laughs> say so. Say something. Say something good. But um, it, it is an area that we have to look at very carefully. Remember now that our life expectancy is trending towards 80. What that really means is that our women will spend one-third of their life in the menopausal years. That's a big chunk of a woman's life. Mm -hmm. So we, and this goes for policymakers, our healthcare providers, that um, work among menopausal women will have to increase, improve, and take on a bigger focus because we're actually a young population. So at this point in time, we now have more women in the menopausal years than at any other time in our history. But it doesn't stop there because if we consider that our population is mostly under 30, in another 15 to 20 years, we're going to have an explosion of people who are past 50. And these people are going to take a greater impact on our health care requirements, especially when one considers that um, the challenges to your health sector is greater as the population ages. So, you know, a lot of big plans have to be done about the menopause, and it has to be done now. Because it's going to require a lot of resources. But I don't. Uh, uh, let me let me let me let me carefully state this. Emphasis placed on menopause. I mean, we look at women's health, and when we talk about women's health, we hear um, about or you know, pap smear and or mammograms, but we don't have and hear the conversations about menopause. And we don't even see an ad. It's a numbers game. And the numbers have just not stacked up yet. Okay. But, but it will. We now have more people in the menopause 
now mm-hmm. than 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it will increase. And every year it increases. I want to ask a question before we wrap things up. Um, and Maxine was asking if um, menopausal symptoms and signs are hereditary. Um, very good question. I'm not going to answer that question directly. I would more or less um, skirt around the answer in saying that different people will have different um, reactions to different situations. True, you may behave in a similar fashion to the first degree members of your family, but this and this might be due to genetic reasons, but it doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. True. Lifestyle. When yeah. we talk about your lifestyle. lifestyle, eating. And your lifestyle can also be mental, you know. Yes. Yes. For example, a lot of the people say, oh, my mother, my grandmother never complained. But they were from a different time. Very likely, even less educated than their daughters and granddaughters who will question everything and will not tolerate any hot flashes even though I don't know what much they're going to do about it more than what we have already spoken about (laughs) (laughs) while their mothers or grandmother would not have questioned it they just know it happened they just know it happened and it's a part of life life. and you accept it Mm -hmm. the people coming up will not necessarily accept these things. So we will have to figure out not necessarily what we can do about it, even though we want to do things about it, but how are we going to treat with these people in terms of their ability to cope and their acceptance Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. what is a natural process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is the last one-third of your life. Mm -hmm. You see, everything has a cost, you know, because people are now living so long the things of living long begin to happen to you. For example, you don't get aches and pains unless you live long enough, you know. And it will happen. And it's it, not a must. Yeah. It will. It will. It will happen. So it's important that we take care of ourselves, not only physically, but psychologically, um, Maxine. So I hope that we answered your question. Um, is there anything else, Doc, before we wrap things up that you want to add? Um, I, I just think we need to um, increase our awareness True. of um, these issues. Uh, they're not going. They, in fact, they're coming. And um, we, have to, we have to have a more balanced approach to all of these issues. F- for example... If we were to double our menopausal population, what will that mean now for hip surgery? What will it mean for knee replacement surgery? What will it mean for prolapse surgery? All of these things are are going to be on the increase. And all of these things require plenty of resources. And you probably will need even more resources to deal with the psychology of the menopause. Mm-hmm. 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 True. Because that could affect almost everybody. 
and we can't forget the men, you know. Yeah, I was just about to say that, um, that we can't forget men and how it and impacts about, their lives. That's right, not about their andropause, but how does the menopause impact their lives? Financially and otherwise, and too. Otherwise. Financially and otherwise, because if you were to look at, and a very close friend of mine, um, his wife had to do um, hip replacements, mm -hmm. and it, it affected the, their relationship in more ways than one. Mm -hmm. um, because he, he is relatively young, and um, not having the comfort of his wife, and also the financial aspect um really puts a stress and a strain on him and so yes men are, too are affected um and what we want also is for more men to understand um the effects the symptoms and the impact of of, of menopause yes 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 it is important it is important that we get that information out there as I said, we look at all the other aspects. We talk about mammograms. We talk about um, pap smear, but we never get into the details of, of menopause. And so, therefore, a lot of questions were asked tonight. And uh, hopefully, Doc, we managed to convey uh, the information to our listeners. Um, someone is saying, Shea 48 is saying... Um, I'm having the best time of my life. Menopause gave me back my life. Imagine um, I started my period at nine until 45. No, that's still a little early. Still a little early. Yeah, still a little early. Yeah. And um, Rebecca, uh, no, Sheba. One, two, three, four, five says men have a negative attitude about menopause and it spans all socioeconomic levels. That's true. Education, education, education. Education, education. Mm. Yes. Doc, I want to thank you so much for joining us inside Singles Live, another interesting topic i had a good time as yes <laughs> and so we're looking forward to our next topic when we will touch on we can tell our listeners beforehand you know that we're going to be touching on endometriosis endometriosis, endometriosis. Maybe our next journey yes so when next we meet it's going to be endometriosis so put that on your calendar guys um for or next round of conversation with Dr. Milton Hardy. Um, is there any way that our listeners can reach you even via email? Where can we find you? I am at Dr. Milton Hardy, O-B-G-Y-N, um, at Yahoo. Mm -hmm. yeah. dot com. Dot com. All lowercase, one word, no slash between OB and GYN. And if you have forgotten, then you know how to reach me and I will give you the info. Um, thank you guys so much, Doc. Thank you so much. Thank you too. 
want to say thank you too to Evergrow Garden Center. When you want it to grow, call the pro. Remember, they are located at 12 South Avenue in Kingston. They can help you nurture beautiful, healthy plants, master your home gardening skills, commercial farms. Yes, they have everything you need. Just stop by. You can also give them a call at 906-9916 or 906-9160. You can also follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Evergrow Garden. Cool 97 Radio. Radio.